0: Do you have a mother? And if so, would you categorize that relationship as a difficult one? Is it possible that the emotional strain and turmoil from that relationship is actually impacting your chronic pain? If so, this episode is for you. Today, I dive deep with Karen Anderson about difficult mother-daughter relationships Karen is a master certified life coach and author who mentors adult daughters who want to both quiet the inner critical mother they have in their heads and take care of themselves in the relationship they have with their actual mothers. She is the author of the soon to be released, You Are Not Your Mother, Releasing Generational Trauma and Shame, as well as Difficult Mothers, Adult Daughters, A Guide for Separation, Liberation, and Inspiration and the Difficult Mother-Daughter Relationship Journal. Her coaching practice is trauma-aware, based on intersectional feminist principles, and incorporates storytelling, journaling, awareness tools, shadow work, and simple energy and somatic practices. So in honor of Mother's Day, let's dive in and explore some difficult mother-daughter relationships. (music) Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 63 of the Unweaving Chronic Pain Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Andrea Moore, chronic pain specialist. And as always, this podcast is not to be used as a substitute for medical advice. I am on a mission to help people move from being trapped by their pain, from having pain dictate their life to getting back to living a life full out, a life that feels where they can fulfill their passions, their purpose, and just live it in whatever way feels aligned and amazing for them. So, with that, let's go ahead and get into today's episode. Thank you so much for being here, Karen. I'm so excited to have you.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's really great to see you again. Just for everyone who wants to know, if you need to know, I was a client of Andrea's, and it's very nice to see her face <laughs> again. Oh. Thank you.
0: Well, it is so nice to see your face as well. And I'm so excited to get to like really dive into this side of you, right? Because I I see what you're up to on the internet and it's amazing. And I feel like we never got to like, I never got to hear about your work from this perspective. So I'm just, I'm just really looking forward to it. So why don't you start by just letting everyone know what it is that you do and how you got to this place where you are. And it's a simple question there, you know, just in a nutshell, sum up your entire life here.
1: I often, I often joke and I'm like, well, I have a mother. (laughs) And um, so like the, the quick version is like, how did I get here? Right. Around 2009, I started blogging and I've been a writer my whole life. And up until that point, I did a lot of writing for other people and I, was a trade magazine editor for many years and evolved into doing a lot of freelance and it got to a certain point where believe it or not i was struggling with my body (laughs) right and um body image and weight and all of that kind of stuff and i had just been diagnosed with lyme disease which was causing pain in my body right and it was probably chronic at that point it wasn't like a brand new diagnosis and um i started blogging with this intention of like could i love myself to health or thinness right it's it's funny because in hindsight it was like uh like a means to an end like maybe if i could just love myself enough then i'll be thin
0: Mm,
1: Yes. And perfect. I'll have the perfect body. What was interesting is that it's not like up until that point, my relationship with my mother was amazing because it wasn't. But that was sort of a turning point in our relationship. I mean, again, I could go into like, I don't want to like go into like what she was thinking and feeling because that's not mine. But Mm -hmm. I don't know, she, she and I, it, the, the tension, the, the stuff between us just got bigger.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And at the end of 2010, she said some things in an email that I kind of was like, you know what? I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I wrote her back and I said, I don't ever want to see you or talk to you again. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, a couple of years went by and I started getting into coaching and I was interested in coaching and becoming a coach. And, and then in 2014, I did a master coach certification and it was during that certification that my mother's stuff really sort of like mm-hmm. came right up in my face mm-hmm. because at that point I was my grandmother's legal guardian, her mother. Yes. And I had to legally be in contact with my mom monthly, you know, it mm-hmm. just on sort of this business level and, and my, and her siblings, my aunt, my uncle, But it was, as I said, it was during this certification work that it sort of like hit me in the face and I got coached on it. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is that it was like in 2010, I thought I was done with her from the perspective of like physically not seeing or speaking to her. Sure. But like in my head, I was far from done. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And so the coaching that I received on it was so powerful and so you know, life changing, ta da! And and so part of what I decided to do was for my uh, my certification, you had to do a project, mm-hmm. and I decided to create a. I think it was like a six week course. I don't even remember what I called it, to be honest, but it was on healing your relationship with your mother, and that then turned into a book. Mm-hmm. and that turned into several books yeah. <laughs> and I have been writing and blogging and podcasting and coaching on difficult mother-daughter relationships ever since <laughs> oh my gosh that's it's so it's so fascinating
0: I love hearing stories that like I just things one thing leads to another so it's just like you just never know where life is
1: gonna go it's just it's yeah so cool. yeah and it's um it's such it's so fulfilling on so many levels. And just so everybody knows, I do have contact with my mom again. And, um, you know, I don't know where, if you want to go into that or not, Mm -hmm. but um, you know, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the things that I've learned along the way, the tools I've created, um, you know, it's all towards helping women have the kind of relationship they want to have, either with their mothers or their daughters. I have, I work with some moms mm-hmm. too, adult, you know, with their adult daughters, um, because I see it in t- on two levels. There's the micro, right? There's the mother and the daughter who have mm-hmm. this difficult relationship. But then on the macro, it's, we live in a culture that doesn't value women equally. Uh, generationally, what gets passed down and why, and, Again, not necessarily because, oh, these mothers are terrible people, right? But like that internalized misogyny, internalized patriarchy, all of that stuff, right? That we're, you know, learning to dismantle within ourselves, right? Yes. So it's this micro, right? You and Mm -hmm. your mom, and it's women.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. And this is so big because I think this micro macro thing, I love that you're touching on this because mm, there's so much nuance to everything. And I think what I'm curious, like if you you've seen this, and this is just what I what I'm seeing a lot of, just like on social media, as there is more awareness of, you know, difficult relationships, quote unquote toxic relationships, things (laughs) like that. There is this like jump. I feel like there's people jumping on this train of like, oh, my mom's a narcissist, my mom's toxic, like cut her (laughs) out, cut her out. And it's without knowing more details, obviously, about every individual situation. I think a lot of times the way I see it is it's. It's not honoring one, the macro of like your mother as a person, what she might be holding on to, but I also feel like it's a way to bypass what we're holding on internally.
1: Mm, Yes. I love the way you put that because ultimately, right. When I work with a client, yeah, we talk about her mom or her daughter and sometimes like they want to talk more about (laughs) the mother or their daughter than themselves, but ultimately right it's about cr- sort of three things: creating safety within, creating intentional identity, mm. and creating healthy boundaries. Right. So, yeah. are there people? Are there adult daughters who you know for them, and they come to this decision in a you know healthy way, if, if you want to call it that, or a you know a conscious, intentional decision? Mm-hmm. It's really, and they like their reasons, right? There are for some people it is the absolute best thing to have no contact. Yeah. I mean abuse continues in these relationships sometimes. Yes. And you know, it's never I'm never about like you're going to have contact with her even if you, you know, don't mm-hmm. feel safe or whatever. Absolutely not. Um but it's about being able to make that decision in a way that as I said, you really feel grounded in in self-respect. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, no, I was just going to say, yeah. right. So, so for some women, that is absolutely the right, best choice. Mm-hmm. And by far, most of the people I work with want to be able to have at least minimal contact with their moms. hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting. I was going to circle back what you're saying to what you were saying
0: at the beginning about the, oh, if I could love myself into thinness, right. It's a means to the end. And I feel like it's such a similar dynamic of like, well, if I cut off this relationship, if I can just, you know, it's going to make my life better, right. It's this means to an end that's made from this place that it's not like, I feel like it's so hard to describe it. Sometimes like it's not a clean energy. It doesn't have that intention and thought and groundedness exactly behind it so i'm so curious like for people listening it's like how how do you help people know if it's an intentional choice versus a
1: fear-based choice versus a means to an end i know that's not a simple question but well you know again it's so interesting like you talked too about bypassing you know i don't like to think of emotions as either good or bad or positive or negative now can quote unquote, negative emotions that are chronic and unconscious. Can that be unhealthy? And can it make you miserable? Yes. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, right? Anger serves us. I kind of forgot what the question was. (laughs) Just how to know. It's great. It's like how to know. Oh, if you're being clean about it. Yeah. Yeah. So what I would call unclean would be, she's left me no choice. She's a can I swear on here? Oh, gosh, yes, please. You know me. <laughs> she's a bitch and she's abusive and I've just had enough. And that's, you know, I'm done. She, you know, she made her bed. She can lie in it. F her. Right. Yeah. That's kind of unclean. Hmm. That's kind of where I was. Right. And it was in hindsight, it's a powerless place. Because of what we tend to believe underneath those thoughts. Mm -hmm. And like what I was believing underneath those kinds of thoughts was I have no power, right? I don't know who I am Mm -hmm. apart from her, right? I, I'm, you know, I I had a a whole slew of thoughts that I really wasn't aware of, Mm So the cleaner version of, you know, if you are estranged from your mom is, and I used to, you know, up until the point that I did reestablish contact, I learned to talk about it this way, which was, you know what, right now, I don't like who I am when I'm around her. Oh, yeah. Right. I don't, it doesn't, I'm not like fully able to manage myself, manage my mind and my emotions around her in a way that I like and respect. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean like it's all my fault? Yeah. <laughs> and not her fault, right? Um, because there are times now where I'm I'm learning to be safe with my anger around her, right? And to, you know, speaking from a nervous system perspective, right? Like use my energy like, oh, I'm noticing that I'm feeling angry right now because she just said blah, 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 or like whatever. Uh-huh. Right? What do I want to do? Do I want to perhaps let her know that I'm, you know, not happy about Mm -hmm. what she just said? Or do I want to walk away or, or what? Right? And in any given moment, it's like, I get to choose. And as you know, and I know, right, nervous systems are going to do what nervous systems do. And sometimes we react before we think. Yes. So it's like, you know, and that's okay. Okay. Because I'm a human.
0: Yes, yes. Let's bring humanity into this. Because, <laughs> like, even what you said, right? You, you now coach on this for a living and have written multiple books and are an expert in this topic. And like you said, when you made the decision, it wasn't from a clean place.
1: Right. It wasn't. And that that because was before I was an expert. Exactly. Well, yes, of course, yes. <laughs>
0: but right. But it's like, but but because of that you then got to, like, got to learn more and become an expert, right? Because you stayed open and curious and, and like discovered that and were willing to like look at it eventually yeah. and be coached on it and, and work through it and stuff. As I feel like there's such this obsession in the, with, with coaching and with the mindset world, we forget that we can just be messy about things and repair afterwards.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And it's like, it is nice, when if we can have a guide, you know, a nice roadmap ahead of time and, and whatnot, awesome. But also sometimes we just are messy and it's okay, we can clean it up.
1: <laughs> and you know, that, you, that actually come that brings up a really important point, which I think is, I, and I see this um, as maybe a generational difference. You know, I don't want to make a sweeping generalization that, that mm-hmm. we all have trauma. Um, but I think I would say that those of us who are older <laughs> our mothers their mothers didn't learn what repair is now some of them did but you know in the more authoritarian older generations it's my way on the highway right like and when they are triggered which back then they didn't probably know about yeah. that right they you know they, they are messy but then there's no repair afterwards yes because they either don't know how or they think that means it's they're weak or whatever right totally i feel
0: like repair could be so uncomfortable i mean i still am so uncomfortable like me too my oh my gosh like with my husband and my you know my nervous system gets the best of me and i say things and i'm like wow that was kind of an asshole thing of me to say yeah it's like there's that part of me that's like i don't want to say sorry i don't want (laughs) to repair this why does this feel so icky still?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's so, yeah. That's so interesting that repair just feels so like, yeah. Uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 And it's interesting on TikTok. Um, there are a lot of, uh, and, you know, I guess it's probably because of like what I pay attention to. So mm-hmm. I see it more and more in my TikTok feed. Um, But like the different generations talking about this and it's just so fascinating to me to hear and see it. Yes. And like, you know, the younger generation is like, well, why won't she do her own work? Right? Totally. It's so
0: fascinating because it's like when I was able to, I mean, I think I was lucky. I mean, my mom, I definitely was at a point where I felt like my mom had all sorts of things. I mean, she does, but I feel like in the scheme of things, I mean, overall, hard to complain when I've heard other people's stories and but the more I was able to understand my mom's upbringing mm-hmm. and understand it like alongside learning about the nervous system and trauma the more I'm like oh it explains a lot because what she experienced as a kid and I mean she's an immigrant and um I mean basically was forced out of her car like escaped from her country like I mean massive massive amounts of trauma I'm not going to go into that but like the more compassion I was able to have for her and the more I was able to be like, Oh, of course, like you can't look at this stuff. I mean, there's still parts of me that are frustrated that she like is not willing to, you know, go to therapy and do this. But I also feel like it's helped me have so much more compassion of like, it's just almost too big for her to look at. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't even know how she would go about that. And yeah. You
1: know, and I'm not a psychotherapist or mm-hmm. licensed clinician or any of that and i don't really feel qualified to speak about things like narcissism from mm-hmm. the perspective of like a diagnosis or whatever um and um you know just in in reading and learning um right i see narcissism as definitely a result of trauma yeah and right like there's there's the and yes, she had trauma. Yes. I can feel compassion for that. And I still get to have healthy boundaries. Oh, yes.
0: Yes. This is so, oh, this is so big. Cause I think in my case, like with my mom, like, especially as an adult, once I could create boundaries, like she's, it's fine. Like our relationship, like she does things that annoys me and triggers my system, but I'm like, there's no, there is no abuse. Mm right that like that is not in our relationship like i'm incredibly fortunate not to have that but it's like yes in other cases i think there are as people become more aware of the mental health side of things and trauma and if they see and they use it as a way to excuse behaviors and allow things to be done to them that don't feel good because it's like well she has trauma she can't help it mm-hmm. and it's like no that that's not the goal either you can have compassion and have a boundary
1: in fact Truly healthy boundaries are compassionate. Mm, let's speak, can you speak more about Let's like
0: t- Talk to us about boundaries, <laughs>
1: please. <laughs> I love this. So we tend to think of boundaries as being a punishment, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, You're doing yeah. something bad and wrong, and I'm going to punish you by never talking to you again, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm, totally. Sometimes that's okay, right? Sometimes mm. in the moment, we need to do that. But when we have the opportunity to take a step back right and ask like what what do I value what traits do I want to embody what's important to me and none of us want to walk around defensive and punitive all the time, at least I think most of us don't. (laughs) Um, And so how can I set this boundary from a place of compassion or love or respect, rather than this sort of defensive punishment aspect so you know there's a lot of different schools of thought in regards to how bound, you know books millions of books mm-hmm. and, and ways to set boundaries and you know i've learned several of them and the ones that i like are the ones where we make ourselves responsible mm-hmm. for following through mm-hmm. so right you might it's funny because i just wrote about this it's like you might decide that you don't want to be around smoking. Mm -hmm. And this is funny because this was about this was one of the very early boundaries that I set with my mom because she Mm -hmm. smokes. It used to be that's bad for you. You shouldn't be doing that, you know, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, totally. (laughs) And and like, don't do it in my car, right? Mm -hmm. And it was this big like power struggle. And once I switched it in my mind to she's an adult she gets to do what she wants and I get to decide if I want to be around it or not yes right like you go ahead and do that that's fine I'm like and I mean that sincerely I'm not like yeah faking faking it you know it's like you're an adult you get to do what you want to do and I get to decide if I want to be around it or not it's not a punishment yeah it's a like go for it i'll catch you later <laughs> yes
0: yes i love that no it's a great it's such a great example it's such a great example because we can have all kinds of opinions on smoking but at the end of the day you're right she's an adult
1: yeah and it gets you know where you need a little bit more nuance or whatever is in regards to you know the way she speaks to you or the subjects that she brings up or yes. you know those kinds of things i the thing that I just wrote about was somebody had asked me about um, her mom, her, her father died, and in the couple of years since then, her mother now just like, as she put it, spews toxic neg- negativity at me the whole time. All she does is complain and bitch and moan and blah, 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 and I feel like a garbage dump, you know, what's the boundary? Cause then yeah. she's like, and if I don't like I offer advice, but she doesn't take it and I can't help. And I feel guilty and you know, mm-hmm. and so it's like, you decide, well, first of all, what's yours and what's not yours. Yes. Right. And right. Y- your time, your energy is yours. Her negativity is hers. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. I right. Love that. So like, yes. okay,
1: now I've made that distinction in my mind that that's not mine now. What am I? Am I willing to do something? Like maybe I'm willing to listen to her for 15 minutes, knowing it's going to be, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I change the subject or leave. Yes. And yes. now, and I'm not doing it to punish her. I'm doing it to respect myself.
0: Yeah. And that I love
1: respect, that. right? Then it is isn't like I'm not doing it just for her, I'm doing it for me too. So it's like the respect is for both of us. Mhm because if I continue to listen and my resentment ramps up and then I might say something mean to her which maybe on one hand I think she deserves it <laughs> right but on the other hand I'm like am I going to really feel okay after that yeah right so the re- the the respect includes both of us yeah
0: I love that. Uh, it's, again, that's like such a great example. I love that separation between like my time and energy is mine. Like, I think that's a, mm, I'm taking that with me. <laughs> Cause it's like, yes, it's like, that's, that's ownership. I get to decide what I do with that.
1: Yeah. Oh, and maybe that's... I am going to give 15 minutes yeah. or 20 totally. or whatever. Right. Like, yeah,
0: absolutely. One of the most, I would say common dynamics I've experienced with my clients in chronic pain is the dynamic around body image, is Mm. their mother's voice in their head. And, And a lot of them have moms that they are still in relationship with and are struggling with this dynamic because from a very young age, they were encouraged to diet. They were told something was wrong with their bodies and their moms are seeped in diet culture and continue to be. So it's like, They've done a lot of healing for themselves around it. But then when they're around their moms, it's like they're just trying to enjoy their meal and comments coming at them or comments about their body and things like that. And I think that's where they really struggle with this relationship. So I'm so curious just because I've had so many clients with this dynamic. Like, can you yeah? It's well, I am it's, one
1: of those clients with yes, this dynamic. You are too. Yes,
0: <laughs> so I want to say your personal stuff unless you want to. But yeah, that's, you know, that's funny.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny because I have a book coming out in June. I'm pretty sure it's in June. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's basically, it's a very personal book. um, And the title is You Are Not Your Mother, Releasing Generational Trauma and Shame. And the first part of the book includes like what I call these little vignettes of from my life going all the way back of moments where shame came in, (laughs) where I picked where shame was handed to me, and I picked it up and took Mm. it on board. Mm -hmm. And a number of those stories are about my body and my weight. So... I mean, that's why that's why that blog started up, right? was mm-hmm. like maybe, you know, because I was like on diets and I took way back in the, the 90s, I took Fen-Fen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've done all, I did all the things. <laughs> um, and it's so funny because now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think I have a, it sounds like I don't have a boundary with my mom around this, but I don't have like, I think she learned at some point that this was not open for discussion anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm. And that kind of speaks to what I call boundaries that we don't communicate.
0: Yeah,
1: Right. Where our energy speaks for us. And maybe, and I sometimes I call it like the inner growl, right? It's like, right. An animal warns another animal, Mm -hmm. don't come closer right don't go there and hopefully the other animal pays attention right but like right it's it's like it's a posture it's a it's a it's an energy of like no menacing look (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah 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 totally
1: um but yeah so that that is I mean like why were our mothers like that I mean Right, if you wanted to speak to it from a nervous system perspective, right, for however many thousands of years, I know that women's bodies, like the the ideals, have changed many times over the course of a thousand years. But still, the point was: is if your body wasn't in the ideal, you would be kicked out, and you'd have to go live in the woods, and you would die, or the jungle, or the where the desert, or wherever, right? And so I think from a really, like, real, like, fear-based place in our, mo- in our, mo- and like, even mm. mo- today, even today, um, it's this, if my daughter doesn't comply to that narrow definition of what's okay, she's going to die. Because yeah. a man won't choose her, and she will be separated from resources. Like, yes. even though we know now that we can make our own money and we can like take care of ourselves,
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: still in the course of human history. It hasn't been that long. It's been like infinitesimally. Oh small my gosh. Time. Yes.
0: Yes. Totally. Oh, you spoke to that so beautifully. And like, yes, bringing in the nervous system and obviously like pulling it into pain. We know when the nervous system is triggered up, when there's this fear response and then pain is either that that in itself can create pain.
1: Yeah.
0: Or if there is pain present already, it amplifies it. And it's so interesting. It's in, in a lot of these clients. I don't know you can speak to if this was, you know, ever the case for you, but it's like their pain literally just gets worse when they're around their moms.
1: Yeah, gosh, I, that's funny. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever paid attention to that <laughs> specifically.
0: Yeah, no, it's okay. yeah. <laughs> I just threw that question on you. I'm like, I don't remember <laughs> if we talked about it. But but yeah, it's this like amplification of like I don't feel safe around
1: I, my mom yeah and we become hyper vigilant tense like yeah yes the whole thing exactly and I'm
0: even as you're saying it it's just like if I haven't thought about it quite in that perspective that you put it of like the mom is looking at their daughter like being like oh my god they are in danger and they're not consciously thinking oh. that. Of course not. Yes. It's like their nervous system. And it's like this passing down of that threat response. Yes. And so it's like, now the nervous system is just like threat, threat, threat. And it's like, it's almost like unclear of what it is. And like the daughter, because it's not like tangible. It's just this like threat response that's going on. So it just, again, there, that's where you have pain amplification right there. Yeah. And it's, but it sounds like with your work and things like that, when you can, manage your boundaries or set these boundaries come at this with intention it's like it's what I've seen as possible and I'm curious like in your work with clients too it's like that you can then be around some of that Mm -hmm. and manage your nervous system so it doesn't have to set off your threat detectors in the first place even if
1: her behavior doesn't necessarily change right exactly because we can't count on that no (laughs) (laughs) so right and I mean just for what it's worth sometimes like my mom will send me an email and I'll see the email and I'll be like, like, I catch myself, I feel that is that ever going to go away? I don't know. But I'm okay with it now. Because it's like, I because here's the thing, what I used to do is make that mean that something was wrong with me. Oh, yes, I shamed myself, because I was, I would have that reaction mm-hmm And now I'm like, oh, look at my smart body. <laughs> yes, I love it. Yeah. It's mm, it's
0: it's it just layers so well with or like a um, parallel so well with pain, right? It's just like it's just this look inwards. It's this glimpse into what the nervous system is holding on to, both yeah. both the, oh, in itself, but also the way we react to it
1: to the response itself
0: yeah yes because the way we
1: react yeah Layering
0: all kinds of other stuff on top of it yes <laughs> yes totally because the way we react to that if we make it mean something wrong that something's wrong with us whether it's pain or the <gasps> response to your mom's email all of a sudden the nervous system like it just it just jumps on board it's like oh my god you're right something's wrong. <laughs> Holy crap. We really should be. Right. It's like, if someone, if you see those, I'm like thinking of those videos, right. Where they have like the, the person like husband and wife and the wife just is like, Oh, oh my yes. God. And like, pray to, yes. yeah. And the husband's like, oh. he's like, just totally jumping on board with this. Like I think like that's exactly what your nervous system does. The second you make it mean something wrong, your nervous system's like, Holy oh, shit, you're right. Something is wrong. <laughs> so if it's like this it's- internal, yeah. Set off. <laughs> And like just being able to
1: laugh at it. Yes. And be like, oh, this is my body. This is, you know, how yeah. fascinating. Like how, how, you know, human of me.
0: <laughs> right. Totally. As we are humans and we have these threat responses, and the goal isn't to necessarily, the goal isn't to make them go. I mean, you don't want them to go away because you want right. them in certain instances of your life. We just have very rare occasions for them to be truly helpful now. But, if there is a situation where it's helpful, you definitely want it on board. And to yeah. me, it's worth every false, you know, <laughs> um, jump up of it because, <laughs> I don't know, the bear about to attack me. I really want to make sure my threat response is on and, and react really
1: strongly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I'm so curious in terms of if if someone is listening and they're like, okay, yes, like my mom is constantly... Saying things to me, kind of like feeling victimized by their mom, feeling like they're like what you like what you felt like powerless. Like I don't understand. Like I can't. She, it's like it doesn't feel like it's an option to not have her in in their life for whatever reason. Like I I run into her all the time. She lives down the street. Like she's constantly in my face, and she's making me feel worse. Right? It is this little bit of like a place where they're feeling a little stuck. What type of like what would you say to somebody
1: like that? Well, this is well, some people think it's a little controversial. There is nothing wrong with giving your take give it taking a break from your mom. Right? I mean, I'm not talking forever estrangement here. Right? I'm talking about that more conscious, you know what, I kind of don't like how this feels every time I see her. Mm -hmm. and You know, whether it's her fault or my fault, or maybe we'll just take fault off the table for a second. And Right, like I need to tend to myself, and I need to figure out who I am apart from her, Ooh. without her constant input. Right? Yeah. Um. And so, right, take a break, and as yes. maybe that means you talk to her once a week on the phone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And I know, right? Like, well, what is she going to say? She's going to tell me what's wrong with you, and why aren't you? Blah 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 blah. Right? Like. You know, what do you say? You know, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you say, right? Like, you just decide, right, that you're taking a break, and that you'll get back to her. <laughs> you know, I need some time to figure some things out. Yeah. Um, That is hard. That's really hard. Mm-hmm. But why? Right? You better explain mm-hmm. yourself, young lady, right? yeah. You know, and and it's so funny, I'm just realizing I I feel like I'm a little stumbly around this exact thing, but because I think most of us get to that tipping point or that breaking point, and we're done already. It's not like we've decided to take time mm-hmm. consciously, we're like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Um. But consider, right, that taking that time, like where you're going to consciously look at right? How can I create safety for myself around my mom, right? Who am I around her? Who do I want to be around her? Mm-hmm. Right. Identity, you know, there's a lot of talk about self-concept in coaching circles, mm-hmm. Um, right? Because we do have thoughts about ourself, ident- identity-related thoughts about who I am in relationship to her. Mm-hmm. So who am I in relationship to her and who do I want to be? And then that really then informs the boundaries that we yeah. want to have so. I think it's it's about being clear about that that's what I'm doing right mm-hmm. i'm in and of itself taking a break is a boundary and actually one of the things that I think can be helpful when setting boundaries, not all but some is understanding what the benefit to the relationship will be.
0: Oh
1: yeah right? so it's like if I take this time. Right. I'll be able to come back into the relationship in a different way so that it's easier for both of us. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Not every boundary needs a benefit, but it can be helpful to think of it that way. Um, it can also be helpful to, as I said, to think about what values I want to infuse into the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, along with again that identity piece, right? Um one of the thoughts that I have identified, I have, I have sort of what I consider three main shame-based thoughts, mm-hmm. and one of them is I'm pathetic, or even longer, I'm a pathetic loser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know that that was the that was an identity that got created young, and I saw that's how I saw myself in relation to my mother. Like, so I would go into my relationship with her. Not consciously thinking that, but that's what was running the show. Sometimes, sometimes it was selfish, spoiled brat. And sometimes it was just simply I'm bad. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah. so I wanted to change that identity and have a different identity in with her.
0: Totally. No, I, I think that makes so much sense taking the break. Sorry, go on. No, go I was just going to
1: say, I feel like this, I kind of was talking through something in a way here that maybe won't be super clear. And so anyway, I...
0: I- I think it makes sense because, I mean, what I'm hearing is it's almost like trying to heal a wound while still having or heal something while still having your hand in a fire. It's just yes. like, it's so you just need to get some distance like you need to take it out and like let it heal, let like, tend to it and discover, yeah, like who am I without my mom? Who am I with my mom? Like you need some distance to even see what that relationship is like to like be able to identify that part of yourself that identified as a pathetic yes. loser for instance probably took some like stepping back from the situation
1: yeah
0: and probably a lot of coaching I would imagine too
1: yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tossing kudos for coaching here because sometimes we're so in an identity that it's hard to see unless there is
1: yeah for okay. me writing Writing is a healing practice. And so Mm -hmm. I discover a lot about myself that way too. Yes, yes. And,
0: And then I love that. I'm just like, after you've had that, if you so choose, you could come back to the relationship, but it doesn't,
1: yeah. And you know, when you do that, and this was my experience, is, right, you're upsetting the dynamic a little bit. And now she's like, uh, what's going on, right? Something's different. She, it might not be super obvious to her or super conscious to her, but now it's kind of like, I, I often describe it as like a, a dance, right? You're you've mm-hmm. been dancing to the same song at the same speed mm-hmm. for however many years. And now you've changed the tempo or you've changed the beat or, you know, whatever, it's mm-hmm. a different song now. And so she has to adjust. Yeah. And There was a point at one time, like after I'd reestablished contact with my mom, I don't remember how long after it was, but (laughs) then she was kind of like, you know what? You're making me uncomfortable. I don't want to see you anymore. Oh my gosh. I love it. Right. Yeah. Cause you're messing with it. (laughs) You're not putting
0: up with what you used to or responding the way you used to. Totally. Yep. Yes. And I want to also just take some time too, for somebody who, who is, in a, in a relationship with their mom who where it feels like in estrangement is the best option but maybe they feel obligated maybe they feel like they haven't been allowed to it's like there'd be some permission given
1: given from you a hundred percent yeah yeah I mean again it's like what do we make it mean right like yeah. I'm a, like if I estrange myself from my mom that means I'm a failure Right. I didn't try hard enough. I didn't, I wasn't good enough. Like all Mm -hmm. those kinds of things. Yes. And definitely I just want to encourage if
0: anybody is like having these really challenging dynamics to reach out to Karen, because you do individual coaching, correct? And you have all these books on it and you have all these resources.
1: Yeah. There's um, the, the most popular book is called difficult mothers, adult daughters, a guide for separation, liberation, and inspiration. Mm. That book came out in 2018 I also did in 2020, I did a book on, it was called the Difficult Mother-Daughter Relationship Journal. So there's like a lot of like journaling prompts and things in there and it's for both mothers and daughters. Um, And now this upcoming book, which as I said, will be, I think in June. um, I do a podcast called, it's called Dear Adult Daughter. Mm -hmm. And I also, as I said, because writing is so, such my thing, I, um, do what I call my love notes. It's, you know, your fancy email newsletter thing.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Oh, your writing is beautiful.
1: Um, And I, you know, I answer questions or just write about things that, you know, I'm learning about and share tools and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, if you're a podcast type of person, there's that. Mm -hmm. If you want to read, there's that. We'll put it all in the show notes for sure. And if you
0: if you don't mind, are you okay if we touch on our work together a little bit? Sure. Yeah. I would. Yeah. So do you mind just like sharing just like a super brief overview, just because I don't want to share anything that you're not comfortable sharing? So,
1: Well, I was just, you know, I I have experienced chronic pain, gosh, at least since 2009, which mm-hmm. is what I said. I was diagnosed with a Lyme disease, but I, you know, I suspected other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I know menopause played a role in it. Um, Hormones. And um, I just, you know, I got to a point where I thought, is it possible to be pain-free? And like, I really wanted that. And what I realized through working with you is that it's probably not possible, but it is possible to relate to it differently. Mm, And to take care of my like to not make because what i you know speaking of my mom i used to make the pain in my body mean that i was a pathetic loser basically (laughs) right like fascinating yeah i mean like i made it mean like (laughs) that there's that i did something wrong because my mom's tendency is if you're sick it's your fault Mm. Right? Like, what's wrong with you why aren't you taking care of yourself well oh, like that kind of a mentality
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so there was just there was and I don't think I knew this fully at the time that we worked together but I'm, uh-huh. now I'm seeing it in hindsight there was a lot of shame around this pain yes which just made it 10 times worse yeah so unshaming right to use our friend David Bedrick's term um unshaming my pain totally <laughs> yes we do Although I'm not sure we used that language at the time. No, we
0: did not, but it's totally, it's, it is, it's totally what it is, right? It's, and I love your question that you keep coming back to for so many things. Is like, what are you making it mean? Yeah. Right. And it's so fascinating. Again, it just goes right back to that conversation we had earlier. That was not intentional of like, when we make something mean something like that feels threatening to our nervous system, it just amplifies it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Hmm. right. Pain is pain and doesn't mean anything. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yes, if your hand is on a hot stove, it means take it off. (laughs) Yes. Thank you for that. (laughs) Sometimes it means stuff.
0: If you've been in pain for, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, chances are it's a, it means something more emotionally or something to look at inwards, just not necessarily a physical something has gone wrong in that sense. And I know obviously after our work and stuff, you're able to like get back to working out more. You already were working out, but you were able to do it and just get a different relation to it.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny that you should bring that part up because I, you know, I go to the gym usually three days a week mm-hmm. this week. It's going to be two. Um, I, I, Take lot lots of walks. I notice that there are periods of time, like maybe more in the winter where I experience more pain. Mm-hmm. I definitely experience pain if I eat certain foods. Mm-hmm. It used to be that going to the gym was like one more way to prove that I'm good or like buff or a badass or something <laughs> and and so like that would push me to work out harder than I actually needed to, which would then increase the pain. Yes. And so now it's like way I'm way less like, Oh, I gotta, you know, prove something. It's like, mm-hmm. if it doesn't feel good, I'm not doing it.
0: Oh, I love it. It's just like clean, clean energy, clean intention, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't mean I'm I'm mm-hmm. do I push myself sometimes? Yes. But not from that place of that dirty place.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, again, I just love, I love just the, I feel like the more people I talk to and the more, you know, people who understand the nervous system, it's just like, everything comes back to this, right? It's like, what's the intention behind the action? What's the energy behind it? Like, what are we making something mean? Why are we doing it? And it's like, man, when we uncover that, there's so much gold. Yeah, really. And you can uncover that in your relationship with your mom. Mm-hmm. And your relationship to pain, and your relationship to exercise, and your relationship to food, or you know, um, your relationship to money. I mean, like, there's so Uh-oh. many areas. That's so, a whole okay. <laughs> Tune for part two, now. but yeah, right. But it is. It does all come down, like, down to this, like, is willingness to get curious and look. And so, I love that you help women do this with their relationships, with their moms.
1: Well, I do. I mean, I see yeah. it ultimately, right, as are we going to like, Oh, the next generation is going to be perfect because they're raised, you know, no, no, (laughs) but, um, but right. Like, can we bring more humanity to mother daughter relationships? Yes. So
0: I love that. I feel like that is a beautiful thing to end on, but if there is anything else you would love to say, please feel free. No, I'm good. Thank you so Otherwise, much. Thank you so much for this conversation. It was so needed. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. I hope if you are someone who is currently navigating a difficult relationship with your mother, that this episode was healing and has given you some wonderful next steps to take in life. Please definitely check out Karen's books. And she is just an amazing wealth of information. If this episode was helpful to you, please go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes that really helps other people find us. And of course, you can also just share it with anybody who you feel like could really benefit from this. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.